Hi, and welcome to the podcast In the Woods, episode number two. Number two. I am Josh. I'm Sam. And uh, you know, this is uh, this is technically Easter Sunday. This this isn't going to release anywhere near Easter. I think we're still recording a couple weeks in advance. So yes. Easter will have probably been like two weeks ago. If you're two playing or, two or three at this point. If you're playing Animal Crossing, though, Happy Bunny Day and congratulations, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> you made the, it. The you... Bunny Day crap is over. <laughs> <laughs> no more eggs that are no more I fish hope. that are eggs. I hope you're sitting there in the future knowing that there's no more eggs <laughs> coming up when you try to fish or I like how neither of us got the wand the the bunny the reward bunny day wand you got it I thought I got the recipe did you sell the recipe uh no I learned it but I'm you know there's you no more eggs no oh. I, didn't, I didn't have star fragments you have star fragments I told you I could send them to you yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> too, anyway this too is much a, effort this is a movie podcast yes this is a, we, <laughs> we, we are a married couple that enjoys movies and likes to talk about those but also I play a total of two video games (laughs) and one of them is Animal Crossing. (laughs) It's been a very gaming heavy weekend with me and Final Fantasy VII's remake coming out. And with the quarantine. I'm I'm at 24 hours just in the past two days of playing that game. I don't know how to check hours on Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But yes, we've got two more movies to talk about. We each chose one. Um, with Last last week, we kind of uh, just did movies that we happened to have watched in that week. Right. Just because, just to kind of get things rolling. But we we, we chose, uh, well, Sam chose one, and then I chose another just to kind of make it a theme. <laughs> it took me all of two seconds to pick my movie, and then it took him almost the entire week to pick his. <laughs> There's just so many to talk about. And I'm just, this is a... Guilty pleasure of mine. I love it. And and I have so many different movies that I want to introduce to her, or introduce her to. And but... we've been together for what three years now, mm-hmm. and he still hasn't introduced all of them to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of movies out there, <laughs> and she hasn't seen a whole lot of them. Anyway, tell them about your pick, and then I'll tell them mine. All right, I chose 1998's. Very bad things. It was a very bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was written, directed by Peter Berg, who uh, he's been on some TV. He did Chicago Hope, but I I most know him for uh, being the main character in uh, Wes Craven's '80s horror movie Shocker. And then I picked the movie called Night and Day, but night is spelled with a K. Uh, it stars Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. It was written by Patrick O'Neill and directed by James Mangold. Uh, 2010 movie. Uh, the Washington Post called it utterly delightful. And you know what? It is utterly delightful. <laughs> this is going to be a theme um, where whichever movie I choose may or may not leave her scarred. If this one left. 
left me scarred. <laughs> Since you're talking about scars. <laughs> but I, you know, she chose hers first because Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. It's, and so. It's such an adorable little movie. And then you tortured me. <laughs> you well, punished me. My movie is also a Cameron Diaz movie. So this is our Cameron Diaz episode. This is Cameron Diaz at her worst and her best. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's perfect in everything and all that she does. I enjoyed her a lot at very bad things at the end. At the, I enjoyed at the very... her a lot in Night and Day and I did not enjoy very bad things at all. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about very bad things first. We I should. Think... It'll be the most entertaining so then if people want to like check out by the end of it, that's fine because I'm not going to have a lot of funny things to say about Night and Day other than that I really enjoy it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies. Well, I, I I might have some more critical things to say about it. Just and because, I will shoot them down. <laughs> just because I, I the personal preference, Tom Cruise. I I just can't t- I can't deal with him. But it's I, so cute. I, I like a Tom Cruise movie. What's the one the, Tom Cruise movie? The, the Edge of Tomorrow. The, 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 oh, that is a really good movie. The, basically, What's it's... What's it They renamed it. Yeah, it's like Live, Die, Repeat. That's a stupid name, and, but it's a good yeah, movie. Edge of Tomorrow was fine. That they, was... Yeah, I liked that name. And Emily Blunt's awesome. And I don't even That's think of it movie. as a Tom Cruise movie, which is kind of why I like it. Although, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to hate on Night and Day. <laughs> She's perfect. Speaking of people who are perfect, Emily Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll, yeah, have you noticed how whenever you talk about movies, whenever you're talking about one you don't like, it's a lot easier to make like entertaining conversations. Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about very bad things first. <laughs> I have so um, many thoughts. There, there's there's only so many ways you can say, this is awesome. I liked this. I liked this. And then, well, I have a lot of things to say about Night and Day, but they're not very entertaining, so that's why I was going to force us to watch, to talk about very bad things first. Is that what the movie's called? Very bad yeah, things? It's, it's very it's bad very, things. Very bad things, and the movie itself Be- is a very bad thing. Because these people do some very bad things it is a you know it, it it was a dark comedy before dark comedies were really a thing um this i is, would argue that there are good dark comedies out there and this is not one this is anti-semitic it's a little <laughs> racist there is yeah misog is it misogynistic or? yeah it's pretty I'll just add that. I'll throw that on there. It's not... I mean, when you've got a dead hooker, like, it's hard to not be sexist. It's traumatizing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess in a certain way it's entertaining. But I would prefer if you had shown me one of your horror mo- horror. I can't say horror. This was horror. nice and bloody. And <laughs> yeah, this this was pretty horrific for you. I, I could I I watched your face as we were watching it some and um, at one point you said that I checked out and it's because I had to because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't take any more. <laughs> Once they started sawing people into pieces to I fit them into suitcases. That it was it just wasn't because that wasn't the movie where I was expecting people to get sawed in pieces. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be a movie where John Favreau wants it was to marry. To be funny. John, John Favreau wants to marry Cameron Diaz. It's supposed to be a wedding movie. This, this this was a bachelor party gone wrong movie that is way funnier than The Hangover, and The Hangover is like. I know. would prefer The Hangover. <laughs> I 
enjoyed The Hangover. Meh. I watched it once and it was fine. It didn't leave me with the emotional scars this movie did. See, a, a good movie changes you in ways. I don't think <laughs> I don't know if this changes. <laughs> I just don't trust your taste in movies anymore. <laughs> But we should start. We should start off with a, what? Do you okay. want to give him a synopsis? Well, well, so you know, first, you know, this movie, like, I, I told you the the story of when I first saw this movie. Yeah, I feel like you should tell them that later after we tell them everything that we <laughs> saw this with his family. You guys, brothers and stepsisters. You saw this with your family on Christmas Day. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> and there were other people in the theater, too. And I was literally the only... I, I lost my mind laughing. I was cracking up so hard. And I was the only person in that theater making noise. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. <laughs> One of our first dates was seeing, like, John Wick 2. And I thought it was so weird that he was laughing at every single death. I mean, he stabbed the guy in the neck with a pencil 20 times. It was funny. Yeah, he's a, Josh is a little weird. <laughs> you, so some of these movies are a little weird, and then some of these movies are just fine, and the just fine movies are probably my movies. <laughs> so we'll have some cultish-type movies, and then some, you know, just like generic, something for everybody. Just a basic, <laughs> a basic girl movie. <laughs> and that's mine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Very Bad Things has baby-faced John Favreau as the, the main, well, main-ish character because they're, they're this is an ensemble movie and if you've seen the the television show friends this is I feel like this is before he dated Monica because I feel like he dated Monica in somewhere in that, around 1999 the early 2000s <laughs> and this is him even younger than that. <laughs> yeah, the director of Iron Man, you know, Happy Happy Hogan from oh, yeah, the also, MCU. He's also in the Marvel movies. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then Cameron Diaz, obviously, we've talked about her a bit already and the things she's done. Cameron Diaz is perfect in all things. Uh, we've got Christian Slater, the typical 80s, 90s, just kind of douchebag character he's i'm not calling christian slater a douchebag he's just good in this type of role <laughs> i don't really know anything about christian slater has he done anything recent uh he was in the movie well, no well <laughs> i don't know about recent but we should point out that we our marriage has an age gap in it <laughs> i'm a millennial he's a gen are you gen x i'm gen x we are, we're different generations here so that's part of why we have different movie movie tastes <laughs> what is the joke i always make i'm gen x but i in ways identify as millennial. you identify as a millennial you're an honorary millennial yeah i i, I don't have money so <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't have a good job so <laughs> i fit that role too <laughs> The boomers ruined my life just like theirs. What? <laughs> I think their lives are probably fine. I don't know anything about who, boomers. I don't really know many. <laughs> let's see. Who else is in this movie? We got Jeremy Piven, another one of those like old school douchebag types. Um, to, to Entourage, was that the show that he's... <laughs> is that the... I compare this movie to Entourage. We'll get there later. I'll, I'll make that comment later. And it's got the... One of, oh man, I always forget the guy's name. The frizzy-haired guy in uh, the Home Alone movies. One oh. of the two. He looks of, a lot better in this movie than he did in. Home Daniel Alone. Stern, that would be his name. Mr. Stern. 
And also, just ran, uh, another random guy, a man named Leland Orser, plays more. He's uh, he's the quiet friend. So he just listed off a bunch of generic white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I only care about John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yes, John Favreau and Cameron Diaz's characters—they're getting married, and evidently Cameron Diaz is Cameron Diaz is a bridezilla before that term really got popular. Um. Okay. So yeah, they are planning a wedding, and this is right before John Favreau's character goes on a honeymoon. Not, no, not that, honeymoon. Sorry. The bachelor party. The bachelor party. Because I she's thought... very salty about the bachelor party. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the terms. She, just... she she hates his friends, which, you know, we will I find out why. I don't even know the characters' names. That's where this movie <laughs> took me. I mean, I don't really know their names anyway. There's no... Let's just call them by the actors' names. I just, I just I know, know who kills who. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Power's going on bachelor party yep. he, he, to Vegas because he's basic. Yep, Christian Slater is throwing the bachelor party as the best man in Vegas. And yeah, he's evidently got a hooker for them and a ton of cocaine and drugs and yes. The the, the bachelor party scenes are typical 90s just white dudes okay, it just looks, being white dudes. It looked so sad. They looked so sad about that. <laughs> because they're just doing drugs with themselves alone in a hotel room. And get a hooker. Yeah, they get one stripper slash one hooker slash... It's just one person. <laughs> but basically, we should... Can we talk about what happened before they even got to the bachelor party? One, I don't know what job these guys do. Like, what is any of their jobs? <laughs> they, 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 they yeah, had a lot an of office them, scene. They work in the same office, too, Some most of them. They had an office scene, but it wasn't clear what they do. They were just like, you gotta get your numbers together before we leave for the weekend. What are the numbers for? <laughs> what, is, what do they do? What does Cameron Diaz do? Why does... She, and then there's like a whole argument about these chairs. Well, what what does Cameron wedding. Diaz do? She makes this elaborate floor plan with all of the seating arrangement with actual models of chairs instead of just Listing. cards cards with na- people's names on them. Yeah. She she she, and she doesn't make a backup of it. Her entire life is about getting married and putting on this wedding. Yeah. And she she is she is bound and determined to interfere with her husband to be's bachelor party by making him get like evidently there's a situation with their chairs where they're not going to get padded chairs anymore when they wanted padded chairs and he's got to call somebody and he's very busy trying to leave and he's just like no 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 I'll take care of it guess what he's not taking care of shit well he tries to call the company on like a phone like a car phone or a cell phone on the way to Vegas and his friends were being so utterly annoying like I don't care what like at our own wedding I don't think our chairs were padded I don't really care (laughs) everybody lived and like well I mean I care about our guests I shouldn't make that (laughs) I sound like a bad person anyway I don't care whether or not the seats the chairs were padded or not I care about the fact that his friends were awful (laughs) and they would not stop talking while he was trying to make an important phone call about his wedding like you guys are going to spend the next what 48 hours together you can 
just shut up for five minutes while he tries to talk to these people about chairs. Yeah, this, this movie has uh, so much testosterone in it. And... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll... Sorry for interrupting you earlier. We're, we're, oh. we're in the bachelor party. Do you yeah. Want, and oh yeah. They're, they're they're just in a random ass Vegas hotel room and they're snorting cocaine and drinking and watching Ultimate Fighting Championship just, on TV because of course they are. I just thought it was so sad and pathetic. <laughs> and it's just you know a bunch of dudes blowing off steam. I guess I don't know. This see. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. See. see uh, you know, full disclosure, we didn't really have a bachelor party of, you know, we, uh, or, or a bachelorette party. We just had both of our groups of friends come over and played board games all day because yeah. we're giant nerds. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. I, th- when I picture a really good bachelor party, I picture Ben Wyatt's bachelor party on <laughs> Parks and Rec. That was my best. Because they had like five different like things and they were all super cool and it didn't involve anybody doing illegal drugs or killing anybody. And, and, and Ben Wyatt just played Settlers of Catan with his co-workers and had fun. And Can that, I just that say was... that Ben Wyatt is like one of the best people to have ever existed, <laughs> even though he's fictional? <laughs> ben Wyatt is uh, Sir Not Appearing in this movie. <laughs> I don't think we could call any of these people a good person. No. I mean, John Favreau, he, he he's not he's awful. He's a bad person. <laughs> if you if somebody dies, you call nine one one. You don't. Okay, we're, I'm jumping ahead. I will. Save oh no, this. We're, 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 I'm going to save this tangent after you tell them that they killed the hooker. We, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're right where we are. Where uh, Jeremy Piven takes the takes the stripper into the bathroom, and uh, has sex with her. And impales her head on the uh, bathrobe hook on the back of the door. And, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's and, something else. And instead of being good people and calling 911 and being like, look, we messed up, they decide to try and cover it up. Yeah, they're... Because uh, they're bad people. <laughs> John Favreau, he just wants to get married. He doesn't care what his friend has done. He's just... He should care. About what his friend has done. <laughs> yeah, he should. His, his friend has killed a person. <laughs> yeah, and the, the scene itself is pretty horrific. I mean, she's just hanging on on the it's wall. Not, it's, I got way more traumatized about what happens next. Yeah, a security but, guard comes to, uh, to investigate all of the noise that's been going on because, yeah. again, lots of loud, drunk, drugged up morons yeah, one breaking of them, things. Yeah, in the midst of the... Of the sex worker dying, one of the other party goers falls through a glass table, mm-hmm. and I think that's that was the main complaint that mm-hmm. caused the hotel security to come and check on them. And he's they've almost got him talked out the door. He's he's on his way out. He's laughing and yucking it up with them, and they yeah. bribed him a little bit. And you and- know what? These people are so stupid because if they would just shut the bathroom door, <laughs> like smart people. He wouldn't have seen the security guard. The poor security guard would not have seen the dead sex worker. Well, and, and you mentioned racism earlier. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've got the sex worker is an Asian girl. Yeah. My the point. <laughs> security guard is a black man. These are the only people of color that have been in the movie so far. 
and they're not going to last. Yeah, it's it was it was frustrating to me that the only minorities in the movie were both murdered very quickly. And and you know the next person to die is a, a Jewish person, so yeah. you know our track is still not that great. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this movie is anti-Semitic because there's so many anti-Semitic jokes. Cr- Christian Slater makes many anti-Semitic jokes at uh, Daniel Stern's character. And even though Daniel Stern's character is seemingly fine with them, that's not okay. <laughs> They're still anti-Semitic. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, this is the late 90s. This is just the way stuff... You know, you, you know how it is when you go back and watch some of these movies and you're like... Oh, that's uh, that's not great. It's my thing is it doesn't make it okay. It's just no, like, I'm wow, not saying look that. at what they got away with. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was. In the '90s, no one gave a crap. People and gave a crap. They just didn't say anything. The, <laughs> I'm sure people care. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, I think that's the way it works now. Yeah, now those people actually have voices and can say them. Yeah. So where are we at? Oh yeah, the security guard's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was going to make it, and then he dis- he saw the the dead person in the bathroom floor, and uh, Christian Slater decides to stab him repeatedly in the chest with a corkscrew and lock him in the bathroom. So I just want to remind you where we're at in the movie. So there's a couple getting married. <laughs> we're at the bachelor party in Vegas. <laughs> the sex worker has died by being impaled by some random thing in the bathroom in the midst of her doing her job um, and then the security guard comes in checks on noises is and just doing his job is just also doing his job and then ends up dead also which if there's I, the thing I don't get after this is nobody else comes in and checks on him <laughs> I feel like if you're a hotel and you send somebody up to a room and then they don't come back to their post <laughs> then wouldn't you go send somebody else up to check on him yeah I mean these guys you know He's he's left in the bathroom, screaming and wailing as he bleeds yeah. out. <laughs> it was a lot louder than the table breaking <laughs> that originally sent him up there. And then after that, they have time to uh, argue the moral uh, implications of what they're doing. And uh, Christian Slater, of course, is the one who he, he's like a self. He, he's listened to a lot of self help books or something like that. <laughs> so he he's very much taking charge and. <laughs> Evidently, self-help books make you want to cover up murders. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because they have the time to go out to the local um, hardware store, buy a whole bunch of, like, shovels. I I think they just went to Target. And let me tell you, if I was a cashier and and if I saw somebody buying shovels cleaning supplies and suitcases I would call the police I would just I have been a cashier and, four different jobs and whatever type of like hand <coughs> bandsaw that was that they used to yeah. cut up the bodies okay so they buy you know all those stuff and then they cut up the bodies and there's no noise complaints about that but like which is a lot louder than a table breaking which is what they sent the original I mean this 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 all would have taken hours it would like this guy's shift would have been over <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't send anybody else to check up on this room <laughs> or check up on their missing security guard. 
Yeah, at, at, at this point, like, you know, as the security guard's dying in the bathroom and screaming oh and flailing, God, they're, yeah. they're all, like, holding the door shut and screaming themselves. <laughs> like, And this is, this was... Um, yeah, I'm laughing my, my butt off, and Sam's just... Uh, I'm very traumatized. <laughs> I did, at this, it was around this point, though, that where I was like, I don't... I've never seen the, the television show Entourage, but I envisioned this movie being what every episode's like. <laughs> just, like... I've never seen Entourage either, but... Just rich dudes killing women I and think doing I'm, cocaine. I, I, I think I'm on board with that. I, 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 think, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is Entourage. <laughs> so, yeah, then they go out... They, they take the bodies out into the middle of the desert to bury oh them. And uh, Daniel Stern's character... Has a meltdown? He has moral... He has a conscience? Yep. (laughs) Evidently, the the bodies need to be buried with each other. Like, like with themselves. They've got everything mixed up. So, they're they're just passing around body parts. Yeah. So, let me me explain it. In the... When they're... When they're cleaning up the murder scene, (laughs) (laughs) they're cutting up the bodies so they can fit the bodies into these suitcases. And then they take the suitcases out to the desert to bury them. And then Dave, what's his name? Stern? Yeah, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. His character is Jewish and he goes on a tangent about how they need to have the body parts with the right body in, (laughs) in the general area of where they're supposed to go so their souls can be at rest. And so they get in a very big fight about that, but then they concede to match <laughs> up the body parts. Yep, they, and they have—they all have a horrible meltdown. They're—they're they're just <laughs> passing around body parts, and the—the the normally quiet one. I have his upper arm and her lower leg. I have his upper arm and her. And he's just like, I have somebody's toes. I have somebody's. Toes. I just remember him crying about having somebody's toes, and like, I'm just thinking, maybe you shouldn't have killed these people. Maybe you shouldn't have cut up their body parts. Yes, this is what this is the type of thing I find funny. If you accidentally kill a person, just call the police and just you know do your time. This this is where that whole like separation of you know fiction and reality is great because I can just watch this. Yeah, and go, you, yeah, this you, would never happen in real life. Sure. Okay, wait, yeah, that probably happened in real life. But you thought this was hilarious, and I was just traumatized by this. <laughs> like, when you watch the... Tra- he showed me the trailer before we watched the movie, and I was like, oh, this will be, like, a funny movie. Yeah, we... we it's not! <laughs> when I went to the theater with my with my stepsisters with and my brothers... Family. Uh, they, you know, we, we'd seen the trailer. It just looked like a kitschy, weird little movie, and then, holy crap, this was not what we uh, expected whatsoever. It's not, it's, it's, it's a weird, traumatizing movie, if you're a good person, I guess. Well, and, you know, after all of this is over, they've buried the bodies, and they can't deal with it. Yeah. That, that's the crux of the rest of the movie, is just, they, they just eventually go batshit themselves. Yeah. Daniel Stern's the first one to crack. There's a great scene where he's at a just getting gas with his oh, yeah. with his own family, his two children and his wife, and the children are crazy, and because they're children, and, and like he's got to go buy them some Wizards candy because they're screaming for that. There's a guy getting gas at the pump in front of them who's just there admiring his minivan. <laughs> this is a minivan that the character is very proud of, and now like he's very put off by this guy a cop shows up 
<laughs> just normal old cop, just on his route, whatever. And Daniel Stern can't handle any of it. <laughs> he has a meltdown. Yeah, and then... And uh, and then they go to the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, okay, so we're at... Okay, so we're post-bachelor party, and now, you know, with weddings, they have a rehearsal dinner, and then they have the actual wedding. These, and these, this, at this point in the movie, we're at the rehearsal dinner? They no. had a very oh. formal rehearsal dinner. Look, well, most of them do. We, we had a very relaxed rehearsal dinner and a very relaxed wedding. <laughs> um, but they had... Actually, there was like a fitting for their suits before the rehearsal dinner <laughs> at some point in which the men were very sweaty during that and agitated during that fitting. Yeah. Wasn't much of a scene. Yeah. Every, and then every... after the, the train, <laughs> just the, him trying to get gas and him just <laughs> failing at being a human being. <laughs> so we're at the rehearsal dinner and then... And he's still going crazy. Yeah. Because he has the most conscious out of all... Mm-hmm. Out of all of them, and then <clears throat> he gets in a fight with his brother, who was also on the bachelor party, and was the one Jeremy Piven. Yeah, he's Jer- the actual murderer. Well, one of the two murderers. Well, I I contend that he's not a murderer with the with the sex worker. He didn't intend to kill her. Mm. He just was on drugs and should be in jail. But <laughs> <laughs> Would that be involuntary manslaughter? It'd be manslaughter of something. I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't a murderer. He just was a bad person. But, yeah. Uh, he gets every- in a fight with Stern. Everybody's fighting, and Christian Slater is just trying to calm everyone down. So is John Favreau. Yeah. And Cameron Diaz just comes outside and like, because they're giving the toast, and the husband isn't there. <laughs> yeah, so, remember that Cameron Diaz is in this movie. She's the bride. <clears throat> and, and and yeah, they're John just John Favreau shoes her away. That they're all having this argument, and finally Jeremy Piven is just going to go home, <laughs> and like. Drives away very quick, but he decides to turn around and go after the minivan. Yeah, and then his brother steps in front of the minivan as if he thinks he (laughs) He, can stop a moving car. He's going to defend the minivan from, like, a Jeep of some type. (laughs) A big SUV. And, yeah, so basically the brother now kills his... (laughs) Yeah, the brother has... Like, he was driving off, he gets mad... He lets his emotions take hold, which don't make any decisions while you're emotional, especially if you had just killed a person and like buried some bodies out in the desert. Just like don't make any more decisions. Already, your your decision making is already flawed. Just go home. But he decides to turn around and try to, like you like you just explained it. He he drives his car, flying towards this this minivan. And then he ends up ramming his car into his brother and killing him. No, well, well he, not he's right not away. he's not dead. He's just critically injured. And well, while well, they're like, in the yeah. hospital, he whispers something to his wife, who hates everybody already, as she should. <laughs> she is justified. And, and now they're all terrified. They they don't care that their friend has just died. They yeah. care about what he may or may not have said to his wife. Yeah, they go to the hospital, he survives long enough to whisper to his wife, and then he dies. And then after that, I kind of forget, I was zoned out because I was traumatized. Well, they all go over to talk, they they go over to talk to her, and find out 
what she knows. Did we ever find out what he she, said to her? She does. She just knows that they did something terrible in Vegas. Well, she doesn't I, know what. And she finds out later, doesn't she? John. No, well, she reads something that he wrote later on about. Like an account of. Uh, it, it, again, that is just really vague. He doesn't. He doesn't spell it out, and John Favreau comes up with the lie that he cheated on her. Yeah, jumping that Dan- forward, that Daniel can... Stern cheated on her, and you know, we Christian Slater, he's thumbing some knives, like as they're all talking. This, yeah, well, this is a really try... weird scene with like. We we jump too far. We jumping forward. Yeah, yeah, well, her her husband has died. And they're in a different scene now where the remaining four men are now confronting the widow, his wife. Um, and that's where they come up with a lie mm-hmm. that her husband cheated on her. He didn't. <laughs> but they lie and they say and that. She, and she believes it because yeah. she doesn't know any better. And then the majority of the people... And actually, you, do they all leave and then and you, Slater comes back? Correct. Like, you think that everything's fine and Christian Slater decides to go back and kill her anyway because he felt personally attacked by her. Oh, that's why he killed her? White male rage. Yeah, because didn't she in, she insulted him at some point? Oh, yeah. yeah. She she called him a liar and all this stuff, which all of every last thing she said was completely accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. So everybody, like, they drive off with Jeremy Piven's character to give him some drinks and calm him down because he's a wreck. And Christian Slater tries to kill her. Well... He succeeds in killing the wife after she beats the crap out of him. Yeah, I I like the way the scene plays out because she kicks the shit out of him for a good few minutes. Yeah. And then they go tumbling through like a window. And after that, Christian Slater calls his friends. Like, we don't actually see him kill her. She's killed off screen. Yeah. But, and on screen, she beats him up first. And they bring, they bring Jeremy Piven's character back. And take him into the house and, and leave him with Christian Slater. He is also killed off screen. So Christian and evident Christian Slater comes back to the car, <laughs> covered in blood. He's like, "So this is what happened." <laughs> so evidently, like, uh, they, he he cooks up a lie about Jer- Jeremy Piven's character liking Daniel Stern's character's wife and how they is a murder suicide. Yeah. And everybody thinks they've gotten away scot-free now. So, um, to recap, Bachelor Party started off with five men. We're down to three. Three. And now we're at the wedding day. Yep. And, well, uh, Cameron Diaz and John Favreau find out that they are getting Daniel Stern's oh, kid children. I forgot <laughs> and that. And their one. dog. Yeah. <laughs> the children are awful too. <laughs> I mean they're children, so <laughs> they're they're particularly awful children. <laughs> and you know, th- th- this is this is bad enough and they're not going to get insurance money. Yeah, because he had term life insurance, but he lapsed on the payments. Yep, he missed some payments and so they're not getting that. They're only going instead of getting a hundred and fifty thousand or even three hundred thousand dollars. They're going to get about 14 Yeah, because it was like, oh, you're getting the house. But also, 
Um, there's three credit cards that they got to pay off, mm. and then all of those other crap they got to pay off. Yep. And no life insurance, so they get about fourteen thousand dollars. Two kids and a dog. Which honestly, I wasn't even thinking of uh, insurance or getting money at all. I'm just like, oh man, their friends are dead, and <laughs> <laughs> and now they're stuck with their kids. But Cameron Diaz is just full speed ahead. Like, she, none of this phases her. She's still she, getting she married. Be, it should have phased her. Yeah, she should have ran screaming. She should have ran. She should have called off that wedding. <laughs> but Screw no, no. your deposits, like... No, the wedding is still happening. She For is... some reason, she, she wants it to happen. <laughs> so we're at the wedding, and uh, Christian Slater gets a moment all alone with uh, yeah. the, the husband-to-be, and he wants... A part of the insurance money. <laughs> did 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 John Favreau's character ever get a chance to explain to Christian Slater's oh, character nope. that there was no insurance money? Nope. He he just he tries to go get married and Christian Slater takes him into the bathroom and starts choking him out. Oh yeah. And that's when I start to like Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he starts to like. <laughs> because she comes, bursts into the bathroom with a big giant like l like lampshade pole something and just smashes Christian Slater's face into the ground repeatedly. Yeah, I thought once was enough to get him. Like, if I had seen somebody attacking you, yes, I would hit them. But I would stop at some point. She did not stop. She made it very clear that it was her day that was being ruined. Yeah. And not that her husband was about to be murdered. <laughs> and, and yes, this is the character turn where I was like, oh, I like her now. She's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> she's been meek the whole movie. She very, hasn't been meek. She's she, been very pushy. She's been passive aggressive. She's been very pushy. Pushy. She, pushy. pushy, but in <laughs> that kind of way where it's just, yeah. I disagree, but go on. <laughs> I think she's been very aggressive. Well, here, here she's very aggressive. Here she's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Christian Slater survives, but at this point, we don't he know that. He all forgot that, yeah. Because <laughs> he's got the rings. Yeah. And everybody goes out, and they try to hold the ceremony, and we get to the part with the rings, and he's climbing up the stairs, and they send the, the quiet guy out to go get the rings. Yeah, there's like a, this rent one dude left from the bachelor party <laughs> who wasn't the groom and he's just kind of been he's the meek one <laughs> yeah he's just been quietly in the background surviving all of everybody's meltdowns he they send him after the rings yep and he opens the door just as christian slater's getting to the top of the stairs knocks him down the stairs and you know christian slater cracks his neck and he's well dead ish again because, of course, the guy's got to go down and fish around in his pockets for the rings. And there's one last jump scare. <laughs> and then he's, he's dead. He's and he's got the rings. Dead. And they get married. Yeah, he was the worst. Then, <laughs> yes, they go through with the wedding. And then Cameron Diaz afterwards. <laughs> just much more direct. She and, just barks orders at John Favreau. Like, okay, you're going to take him out to the desert. You're going to move these bodies. You're going to kill him. You're going to kill the dog. <laughs> what did the dog ever do to Cameron Diaz? <laughs> that was the, the, tra the bit of the trailer. You want me to kill the dog? I feel like they only included that bit for the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, they go out to the desert and move the bodies, and John Favreau can't go through with it. He's not killing anybody else. Yeah, the, there's still John Favreau's character left. 
the other dude left, and then the meat care, the other dude just is like, are you going to kill me? No? All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll ride back with you in this car. Yep. They're driving back. Everybody's happy. And uh, John Favreau kind of zones out at the wheel, drifts over into the other lane in a head-on collision. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. And uh, the quiet guy is ejected from the passenger seat. And then we fast forward a little bit. And Cameron Diaz just has everybody to take care of now. She's yeah. got the gimpy kids. Now she's got a husband who has no legs and is in a wheelchair. <laughs> the quiet guy is also in their backyard. He's in one of those wheelchairs that needs to be stirred around with these the little <laughs> the mouth yeah, gizmo. He's, he's paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Cameron Diaz is just like cleaning and taking care of all of it. <laughs> And, like, there's, like, this whole dramatic scene at the end where she's just like, oh, no, my life. And I'm just like, dude, these aren't your children. Just get a divorce. Leave your disabled husband and you're not responsible for his friend. You know, it seems like in the movie, like, she was most, like, she only cared about the wedding. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? You divorce these losers, you get another wedding. <laughs> And then that's the end of that horrible movie. <laughs> I, I wish this movie had ended maybe five minutes earlier. I wish. I, I could have done without the scene. You know, back I wish in, you had picked a different movie. <laughs> when, when, when I first saw this, like, it was one of those, like, ha, Cameron Diaz's character got what she deserves. Like, she's like, you know, she, she only cared about this one thing and none of the other people. So, like, th this is like sticking it to her. And now it's just like, she didn't deserve this. I don't know what she deserves, but I just think she doesn't, those aren't, she's not responsible for these people. She can just, those aren't her children. She can just leave them. <laughs> and then she can go find somebody else to marry. She's a very attractive lady. <laughs> she can find another husband in a year. <laughs> I, I, I think this was back when, like, the, the, she, she was part of that bit of society where your self-worth comes from just this one thing and then she can have it again though <laughs> that's my thing is if she just wants the wedding you know what have another wedding <laughs> <laughs> it's not like divorce statistics were great back then either who cares everybody has a divorce these days <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a, uh, that that was very bad things. I I I it, it doesn't it doesn't hold up as great as I would have wanted it to. But I still find I was very hard on it. I, I still find fun I, in this. I was very hard on it, on it <laughs> but I stand by my hardness. <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen this movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding, sort of. <laughs> hey, we're getting this conversation out of it. I wish, yes, this is true. I, I'm, I'm more funny when I'm mean. Because <laughs> you're gonna find when I talk about this next movie that I love, I'm not gonna be that funny because I love it. <laughs> I wish we had watched your movie first, though, and then watched this movie because I really needed, like, a palate cleanser. <laughs> this is a good, just, like, 
It's just a nice, cute mu- movie. This is how a lot of uh, the entertainment that I show Sam um, goes, uh, where she needs something light and airy and fun after. I'm just a basic whatever. Lady. I, <laughs> I whatever like I've nice, subjected her to. I like nice things, and I like Marvel movies, and Marvel movies are nice things. <laughs> this isn't a Marvel movie. Night and day. It's just. It's just a cute little like. It just kind of mocks spy movies, but it's very adorable, you guys. <laughs> well, well, and we can take just a minute break here, and we can come back and discuss night and day after a short break. Break. Yeah. Break, break. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> We've just spent a long time talking about very bad things. And then the- we took a break to take our dogs outside. What by that I mean Josh took the dogs outside <laughs> and I sat here. <laughs> hey, they, they've been behaving pretty well so far tonight. They have. That's been That's a, that's a pleasant surprise it given is. the husky. Yes, we have a very talkative husky. Um but he's behaving. He's being a good boy. <laughs> he's napping right now. Hopefully he will let us talk about night and day now. Although now I hear rain, so he might start... Um, oh, if it gets thunderstormy, then he, he doesn't handle those well. Yeah, he has. He, he's afraid of thunderstorms. Um, but now we're here to talk about Night and Day, starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And this is one of my um, favorite comfort, um, guilty pleasure movies. It's just so cute. It means nothing. It's <laughs> it's just an adorable love, like love story involving spies and explosions. <laughs> this is very much like a parody of like spy yeah. movie type parody things. Is a good, yeah, it's a good... Yeah. It, it's it, it's very silly and extreme and not like really it doesn't take itself seriously at all, which you know, those are all positives in my book. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. Um I mean unless you're cultured or something, then this, uh, it might be a bad movie. But it's <laughs> it's it is delightful. It's cute. Anyway, I'm gonna start off by saying it starts off with Cameron I'm, Diaz's oh wait, do you I'm, want to say I'm gonna start off by saying this movie has a much higher body count than the movie that we just oh. talked about. Oh, like in terms of people dying? Uh-huh. This they all die off screen. You don't get to see them die there, tragically there, There's lots of gunshots and Tom, uh, Tom Cruise, like... Okay. Uh, the typical the, action movie, the body count yeah. type thing. This is, not, this is not like a grounded movie at all like the other one tried to be. <laughs> this, yes, this is based... He, there is a spy in this movie. He kills people with weapons of sorts and it's no innocent people dying tragically in a bathroom like what happened in the very bad things movie these are all actual bad guys dying yeah this is just people they know what they signed up for (laughs) the other people that died in the other movie that we just talked about did not know what they were saying (laughs) they just you know thought they had a crappy job at a hotel in Vegas they didn't think that they were gonna die in a bathroom there Anyway, <laughs> so we start off. It's at a, um, an airport. Oh, I can't remember which state they start in. Anyway, they start off in one of the states at an airport. Cameron Diaz is on a trip to get car parts for a vintage car that she's restoring that used to belong to her father, 
And she's trying to get back in time for a fitting for her sister's wedding. <laughs> oh, my God. These both have weddings in it. This is, this is the reason why I chose that movie that I did. Oh, really? Because I just... I, I, I tried to... I, I, connection. I, I did my best to do a theme, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> you should have chosen a, another spy movie so I could have had more enjoyment. <laughs> you know, I, there, there's the spy who dumped me. I love that movie. Oh, we should have done that movie. <laughs> that's a great movie. If you've never seen The Spy Who Dumped Me, that's a great movie. Um, Kate McKinnon, My, Mila Kunis. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about Nine Day with Cameron Diaz. What's, an, what's another spy movie where, like, the, the dude spy and, like, you know, the girl, like, meets a girl and try I don't know. Oh, you didn't, I didn't prepare for this. Yeah, there, was, there, there was one other that we thought of. But, I don't remember. But I but I went with the movie. That, that was a week ago. I, yeah, I went with the movie I went with. And, yes, you did. And now we're we're dealing with the repercussions of that. <laughs> anyway. So. so they're at an airport. And they're trying to board onto a plane. And Tom Cruise uses um, Cameron Diaz. And I know her character's name. It's June. Did not know what her character's name was in the last movie. Well, but here it's June. And Tom Cruise is Roy Miller. Yes. So we know their character names. So we're already a little bit... See, it's easier to disconnect yourself when you know that people are going to die. <laughs> in I don't know Like the other one. This, anyway, June is trying to get onto a plane. And Roy Miller uses her, like, luggage as, like, a mule to get through security. Because he needs to get, like... For, uh, for some reason, he needs to get this USB through security, which wouldn't... You can just take a regular USB through security. <laughs> I don't think they're going to question you about a USB. Oh, but it's the sp the special goober thing that the... Yeah, we're just going to call it the goober throughout the rest of the movie. He's got a goober. It's a USB, but it's a goober. It's, it's, it's this, like... Uh, of course, it's this thing that's it's going to change the yeah. balance of power in the world. Yeah. Blah, blah, a, blah. It's a goober. It's, it's a battery. It's a MacGuffin. That, <laughs> that can sustain a lot of energy, but we're just going to call it the goober. Um, so he uses her to get the goober through security, which I don't think he really needed to do, but whatever he did. Oh, wait, no, it is actually shaped like a battery. It's not a USB, is it? Mm, I think so. I think it's actually, that's my bad. So, don't listen to me. <laughs> it's actually shaped like a battery now that I think of it. Which, I think you can take batteries through security. Mm. I don't know. I don't fly planes that often. Anyway. They, 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 they needed the drama. They, need, they needed an excuse for these two characters to, to be able to meet. Yeah. So, so, she's trying to get onto this plane, but they're telling her that there's no seats available. It's all sold out. Roy Miller turns to her and is like, everything happens for a reason or something like that. <laughs> or something like... It, things happen for a reason or something like that and so they let him get on the plane and then all of a sudden a seat opens up for her because like there's other spies who want what roy miller has and they're like oh here's this lady that he's been talking to let's see what happens if we let her on the plane mm. so they get on the plane it's just the two of them and she's like oh this is weird but okay <laughs> <laughs> and then they start talking and flirting and then she goes to the bathroom to like I don't know what you call well, it. Well, she she's she's trying. She's to, hyping herself yeah, up. Yeah, she's trying to coach herself up to like. She's she's giving her a pep talk so she can go flirt with him some more. Mm. She she doesn't you know she's obviously attracted to him because yeah. you know evidently people are attracted to Tom Cruise. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. She's Cameron Diaz. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she can have anybody she wants, but maybe. But, but, but of course, she's got to play a character I'm that do doesn't that. feel like she could get wh- whoever she there wants. There are average people in the world who are just as beautiful as her, who have zero self-confidence. So sometimes we need to hype ourselves up in the bathroom. <laughs> Cameron Diaz is good at playing this type of relatable character, even though she's like... <laughs> yes, she is a supermodel, but also... There's regular people in the world who are just as pretty as she is who have who don't have self-confidence. I stand by this thought. <laughs> I've seen lots of my very beautiful friends have self-confidence issues, so <laughs> I've seen you have self-confidence issues. So. Alright. Anyway. <laughs> she's in the bathroom piping speaking herself. Of, <laughs> speaking of very beautiful people I know. She's, Cameron Diaz is in the bathroom. <laughs> Tom Cruise suddenly starts fighting with all of the staff on <laughs> yeah, the airplane. All, all of, there, there's a there's a sporadic other passengers because you know they're they're all, all trying to kill him. They're all spies who want the goober, but he won't let them have the goober. So they start fighting with knives and, and guns and, and, and yeah, just while she's martial arts. While, while she's in the bathroom talking to herself, he's murdering everybody. I love it. It's just fun. It's so fun because <laughs> there's like shots of him fighting and then there's shots going back to the bathroom where she's like, what kind of line was that? And because like he, he said like a really good line to her and she's like, wow, that was just like a really good line. And in between all of that, it's just shots of him it's fighting. Like he's strangling people with the yeah. seatbelts and she's and then at one point they he rams somebody into the bathroom door and she's like Acupado <laughs> there's somebody in here so it's just it's funny it's cute because she's not expecting him to be a spy and she's just prepping herself and then she gets out of the bathroom and he's got two alcoholic drinks or whatever <laughs> and she just goes right up to him and then she kisses him because she's got the confidence now and then they start talking and he's like yeah I killed everybody on the plane <laughs> including the pilots because including they were spies pilots, too <laughs> so I'm just gonna go take care of that and she thinks it's a joke until she like starts see, looking around yeah until she's until like the plane like tilts and all of the dead bodies fall out of the seats and she's like oh no <laughs> and then the plane he lands slash cla- crashes the plane <laughs> and then the next scene after that is her waking up in her apartment he's left notes for her he cooked breakfast for her he cooked <laughs> breakfast after crashing a plane and saving her life and taking her home <laughs> there is breakfast for her <laughs> And she's going to have problems wrapping her head around all of this still. And she didn't eat the breakfast, but (laughs) she goes to her sister's fitting. Like, she goes to the dress fitting for her sister's wedding. And then uh, in the midst of that uh, fitting, there's, like, some official government-y type looking official spy dudes who come and collect her into yep. a car. He, he tried to tell her. He, yeah. he gave her all this advice about how they're going to try never get into a car with them. If they tell you that you're going to be safe, then just don't safe. listen. If they yeah. keep repeating things, you're going to die. Yeah. And she doesn't listen to a single thing. She just lets all of that happen. Yeah. And so there's this great like car chase where he like... <laughs> 
Sanders her, but also he like, she's like screaming throughout half of it. Yeah, her uh, her driver is dead, and she's trying to drive from the back seat, and he yeah. jumps a uh, off ramp yeah. on a motorcycle and leaps off the motorcycle and lands on her hood. <laughs> And he's so supportive, too. He's like, you're doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, open the door. And she opens the door. And he's like, that was great timing. You saved us. He's so supportive. He's so nice and supportive. But she still runs away from him after that. Because after the car chase, there's a crash. There's a whole scene. And then she runs away. She meets up with this dude she was kind of dating. But is not currently dating. But this, like fireman dude that she was previously dating. <laughs> Who was Riley on the old TV the Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. And his name on the show movie is Rodney. <laughs> so not that far off. This is one of Buffy's worst boyfriends. and I thought he well, was fine. Well, not worst. He's just a big, big milk toast. He was fine. He's okay. <laughs> he's, he's just he's the Kmart brand boyfriend. He was fine. Anyway. And, he, and he's movie, the Kmart brand boyfriend yeah. here too. <laughs> here he is also fine. <laughs> um, he, she, uh, June tries to tell Rodney about this dude, this weird spy dude who is after her and how these other government people are after her. And Rodney's like, LOL, what? <laughs> and then he show, and then Roy shows up. And then Roy shoots him. <laughs> but it's like a clean shot. Do you hear, hear the air quotes that I'm making right now? It's a clean shot. <laughs> he's like, come on, he's going to be a hero in the end. And then yeah. later on they see a TV, like a, a news report, and they're talking about how he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, and then like Rodney eventually convinces June to escape with him and go on this Roy journey. Roy does. Oh, Roy, sorry. sorry. Too, ma- too many re... re, re not, yeah, Tom Cruise's character, Roy Miller, convinces June to run away like with him as they go on this adventure to protect the goober. And, the- and then that's... And also, they have to go find the scientist who made the goober. So... Wait, what were you going to say? A a lot of this movie involves her just not being able to wrap her head around being, like, near a spy. Yes. And trust issues with him and et cetera, et cetera. She's a normal person getting wrapped up into spy drama. So, and I love it. It's just, and it makes fun of, like, a lot of, or it's like parody is a lot of spy tropes with the... The chaos and the and the car chases and all of the elaborate death scenes <laughs> and all of the elaborate like set locations like they go from from this scene after she after Roy shoots Rodney in the leg they go on to a warehouse where June does not handle it very well <laughs> she doesn't handle guns very well she gets um poison and then there's like a like Roy poisons June. Yeah, he And he, there's like a whole montage of Yep, we he there's a lot of at, people getting get, drugged. Yeah, they they get captured and he he um poisons June so she's not like aware throughout their capture and then they end up on a deserted island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but he because he is he he's taking care of all the bad guys while she's been passed out and yeah. he takes 
He takes her to his safe house. Yeah. And then she ruins it by answering a telephone call. <laughs> Which, if he was a good spy, wouldn't he have gotten rid of her phone oh, yeah. in the first place? <laughs> yeah, she would have not. Ha- I mean, he, he changed her outfit. He put her in a bikini. Yeah. And that's like a whole really, like, cute, funny joke. <laughs> you guys should watch it. Just to get- <laughs> that's one of the funny jokes. <laughs> And yeah, so she should not have had this phone on her. This, this was yeah. his. This was his bad. Yeah, like he should have known that as soon as somebody called her cell phone when she was like conscious, that she was gonna try and answer it. She's a nice lady. She's gonna answer phone. <laughs> and so then they end up. I don't know where they go after that. In my notes, it just says cold place train. Oh up, yeah, it's the. They end up on a train and because they're trying to talk to the. It's where the scientist where yeah. they're going to meet up with him, and she thinks she's talking to the scientist yeah, at okay. the bar. So we jump forward. There's they're on a desert island, and then they have to escape the desert island because she answers a phone call from somebody and then the bad people find out where they are so they have to escape the island and then he poisons her yet again <laughs> she wakes up she's on a train and she's in it's i guess the alps she, or something she, yeah she, she's in she's in the train car and and it's in a very cold climate all of a sudden he, he's, she was in a bikini before she, now she's in a winter coat he, he he left notes telling her to stay in the room but she, she didn't. didn't see the notes it's <laughs> on the bottom of her shoe it's not her fault <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she, she she sees this note when she's talking to the dude at the bar yeah, who turns she, out to be an assassin yeah, she wakes up in a cabin on the train she goes out outside of the cabin to and sh- to find Roy not there she talks she goes to the bar she starts talking to somebody at the bar she thinks it's the scientist who created the goober but it's a spy who wants the goober <laughs> <laughs> They end up in a very like fun fight in the kitchen. Where... <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a fun fight. It was because she, you know, she starts to like fight back, mm-hmm. and so she eventually is yeah. like she embeds a knife in the guy's chest. Yeah, and he just pulls it out. <laughs> And she has a line about how gross that is. <laughs> and then Roy, I think, kicks him through a window. Mm-hmm. And then he has a dead. And she meets the real scientist of the goober, who himself is a goober. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his name. Is it Simon? Yeah, it's Simon. All right. And then they... Again, I'm retaining the names in this movie better than the, <laughs> the other one where just faceless people die. <laughs> but anyway, they go to this... Uh, I don't know what country they're in. They're in a foreign country. It's I, a cold climate. I, I think I, I think it, it was one of the Scandinavian countries. It was part of his line earlier on when they were on the airplane where he wanted to kiss a complete stranger on, like, the balcony of a building in this town. I think they're in that town. Oh, I have no idea. They're in a cold climate. There's snow. (laughs) (laughs) And then she follows him. She thinks that Roy is going to sell the goober. He's just doing an elaborate plan. He's trying to force her to betray him so she can go to her sister's wedding. But basically, in the midst of, like, she's following him, she thinks that Roy is going to sell this goober, she meets up with, like, officials from the U.S. government, they convince her to flip on Roy, and then she does flip on Roy. There's another very long chase through town. And and, and the whole thing is like spurred by him meeting up with uh, Gal Gadot from yes. Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman is in this movie briefly. 
Yeah, she she's like she's this. Just as beautiful as she has always been. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, Cameron Diaz very jealous of this, of this meeting. She and that... shouldn't be. Cameron Diaz <laughs> is just as beautiful as Gal Gadot. They're both very beautiful, strong women who shouldn't be fighting but, over. But she overhears well. the okay. conversation they have. <laughs> yeah. And that that and you know the the, the jealousy takes a, a backseat to the oh shit he's doing bad things. Yeah. Which he's not really, but. He's she doesn't just, know that. Yeah, he just he doesn't want to like force her to go home. She he wants her to be safe. He wants the government not to be after her. And he wants her to be able to make her sister's wedding. <laughs> and she does because she betrays him. There's a whole chase. He seem he supposedly dies with the goober, but the scientist who made the goober gets captured. Um and so in the fast forward um June goes to her sister's wedding and then she starts thinking about Roy and he goes she goes and like she, he had like this safe cell phone she she's finding normal life boring now yeah she he, like she remembers how Roy had this safe cell phone throughout her time with him where it would give alerts to him about a specific place in the United States um, Which happens to be near her house. Yeah, they're like alert. She remembers alerts from the cell phone, um, so she goes to that location and she finds Roy's actual real parents. I don't remember Roy's real name, mm-hmm. but he. She finds his real parents, and then she's like, "Oh my God, Roy Miller, hearts." <laughs> <laughs> but she, she wants to find him. <laughs> but she also finds out that um, he can hold his breath underwater a really long time because <laughs> they, line, they yeah. think that he died yeah. in like dirt in service because he was in the military. They, yeah. And, you know, they continuously Her parents think that he yeah. died. And a that, long time ago, they they have no idea what he's doing now. But they continue to receive prizes, yeah, <laughs> from internet c- contests that they don't sign up for. They won Publishers <laughs> Clearinghouse twice <laughs> because Roy is taking care of his his family even yeah. after he's he, he's dead to them basically. Yeah. So his real parents think that he died when he was like in his early twenties, probably. Mm. Um. June uh, tries to find Roy Miller because Roy Miller is still alive. Of course, of course, he did not die after that chase in the cold place. I don't so, know what country it was. So, so she goes. And, so, so she goes and makes a call to uh, to to the bad people that want the goober, she, yeah, like she gun leaves, runners, not the U.S. government, who are also bad people. Yeah, she leaves a a message on her voicemail of saying, "I have." The Gooba. <laughs> she doesn't call it the Goober. It's, it's like some battery or whatever. Yeah, she, everyone in the movie calls it a battery. But. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. And then she gets captured. She wakes up in Spain. I do know this country because <laughs> the running with the bulls is happening. Oh, yeah. They're in Pamplona, Spain. Yeah. So I know that location because <laughs> of this festival. <laughs> um she gets captured. She gets poisoned again. This time with truth serum, not knockout yeah. serum. Yeah, she gets poisoned with truth ser- serum. There's no such thing as truth serum. We learned that in Ant-Man 2. <laughs> or Ant-Man and the Wasp. Maybe there is. <laughs> Maybe this is truth serum. <laughs> she gets poisoned again. She gets loopy. And throughout... And while she's captured, 
Roy Miller found, finds out that she's there, and he rescues her. <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead. He's still alive. <laughs> and she, and she, of course, is like telling him all these tr- <laughs> like true things. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part in the movie is after he's like. Like he's in the middle and, of saving her, and, and she's then... she's very put off because she doesn't think he's happy to see her. <laughs> That's my favorite part. You guys. <laughs> he he's very business like you know the the rest of the movie he's been kind of cutesy around her and just like you know like cracking jokes as he's killed people here he is very very taking care of business and she's just like. Aren't you happy to see me? No, no, no. Her exact line or something was like, I don't think you seem very happy to see me. <laughs> and, like, he walks through a line of bullet fire for her. <laughs> There's just, bullet fire going off everywhere. And he's just like, He just what? Str- strolls right up to her and lays a big kiss on her. It's my favorite part. <laughs> because he walks through gunfire for her. <laughs> And then oh, in my notes, I have ex- there was like a chase through the running of the bulls because that happens at the same time. They kiss. There's running of the bulls. And then in my notes, I have explosion, escape in South America. <laughs> <laughs> so after the running of the they go through the running of the bulls and they somehow don't get impaled. <laughs> <laughs> they chase the people who have the scientist who created the goober because Roy Miller still has the goober. And now the US government has the scientist. Yeah. But the well it's like a rogue agent of the US government. <laughs> Meh. And he's trying to like sell it to the bad guys. I don't know who the bad guys are. But this rogue agent is trying to sell the scientist to the bad guys. <laughs> and, and and this would be one of the weak points of the movie. We'll get to that once we get through this part, but <laughs> this <laughs> this would be one of my my complaints, the the lack of a real bad guy. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But but anyway, the the yeah. rogue agent dude has they the scientist. Ch- yeah, they chase him and then they get to and they're like, just like on a pier. Like yeah, out. and there's a plane, and then the bad guy gets the goober because Roy Miller trades the goober for the scientist. And the guy, I, and, yeah. and and he tries to shoot the scientist as he's getting on the plane, but yeah. Roy Miller takes the bullet instead. Yeah, the bad guy tries to shoot the scientist, mm-hmm. and then the science or Roy Miller saves the scientist. Bad guy gets the goober, is on a plane, flying off. And then there's an explosion because guess what? The goober was not sustainable. <laughs> it was actually a bomb because it was not a very good goober. Yep, they've, they've, throughout, they've been having to cool it down because it's been overheating. And uh, the scientist has finally figured out why. Too late to tell the other guy, you know, eh. Whatever. The guy blows up. Yeah, because the goober's a battery that supposedly could, like, power an entire city or whatever, but it's not sustainable. It is a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And it explodes, killing the bad guy. And then Roy ends up in the hospital, and um, and we get a we yeah. get a we get kind of a flipped montage like yeah. we had earlier because now Roy is the one like going it slipping in and out of consciousness, and Cameron Diaz is taking care of him. Yeah, and then they end up in the car that she was restoring, and then they're just you know they're just gonna drive through South America. <laughs> yep, happy ending. Then. So tell me about your complaint, though, even though this movie is perfect. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, yeah, the the lack of a villain, like, 
the yeah. faceless gunrunner guy, like Nico Nick, whatever his name was, he was lame. The 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 rogue agent guy, he was a bunch of nothing. Like there's yeah. there's no the the most intimidating villain was the assassin on the train yeah. that we get legit one scene with. Yeah, so like two scenes on that. Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were talking on in one scene and then beating him up. It, it was all yeah. one sequence to me. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean it's a minor criticism. <laughs> uh, it's a minor criticism because the 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 movie is about um, Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise's characters, and all these like they just need spy tropes. They just need things to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I think a villain could have helped a little bit, like a true think, blue, like someone to go I think against. The gov- I think the government was supposed to be the real villain. Yeah, I think but, the guy at the end was just like thrown in there yeah I, I feel, just cause like it, it needed a face it needed a, it, it needed a villain like a, an actual person they needed to develop that part a little bit better with the whole because at one point government was bad and then at the next point the government was good and they were taking June to her sister's wedding and then they were gone it was a rogue agent selling it to some mm. dude in Spain. So it wasn't the villain. Uh, yeah, I would agree that it wasn't super thought out. But like, I also agree that that wasn't the main part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, they, they just needed... A, they needed Roy Miller to be chased after. They, they, they needed an excuse to have all these things happen. Right. right. <laughs> I agree with that, yeah. Like, the dialogue in this movie is written well. It's it's uh, it's fun. It's uh, like, it, was, it was not. It was good. But, you know, it... it, it a plot is not what we're here for. It was adorable. <laughs> the plot was um, June and Roy in explosions. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of explosions, and I just think it's I think it's adorable because it's Roy Miller saving June and June being like, "What is going on?" And then June saves Roy, and then they drive off into the sunset together. Yeah. I, I I just had to you know think of this as Cameron Diaz's movie and not Tom Cruise's, and I was fine. <laughs> just don't think of Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise. Just think of him as Roy Miller. <laughs> think of him as the guy from the Mission Impossible movies. This movie just kind of makes fun of all of his Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> I think that's why they cast Tom Cruise in this. <laughs> And he does have his own stunts to do with this, too. I don't really remember. Like jumping off of the motorcycle and things like that. Yeah, flopping onto the car. That. Well, the flopping... Some of that's off camera. Mm. It's, you know... It's, it's an adorable little romantic comedy that sort of parodies spy movies. If you're into that... It's great. <laughs> and, like, it's also sort of the plot of there's a spy and then there's a normal lady and she's reacting in a way that a normal lady would. <laughs> it's not like somebody who's just like, oh, I've been preparing for this my entire life. <laughs> no, she's very off-put by a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie where the lady is the super yeah. spy and the, the dude is just a goofball loser. I would argue that the movie... The long shot is kind of like that because it's a it's a strong, like, female character. She's in control of a lot of stuff, and then it's just this dopey dude who's just like <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs> I, I That's another that. movie I love. We should do that. On this I can podcast. buy that. <laughs> I do love that movie, The Long Shot. 
I want to watch that now. So, so yeah, this has been our Cameron Diaz spectacular. Yes. <laughs> it, it, that John Favreau and Tom Cruise were also along for the ride. <laughs> I wonder, if, should we rate these movies? I give um, Night and Day a 10 out of... Out of 11. <laughs> and I give very bad things a negative 50 out of 55. <laughs> I, I'd give very bad things four lampposts to the face out of five. Because <laughs> she needed that fifth one to finish the job. <laughs> what do you rate night and day? Ah. Oh. You can make up your own numbers. <laughs> it's the game where points don't matter. What's the, what was that show? Uh, I'd say I'd say night and day would get three MacGuffins out of five. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that's that's decent. <laughs> yeah, this was, a, this was a fun movie. It was a decent movie. It was. I will love this movie until I die. <laughs> There are better movies, I'm, probably. Oh, Red! It's the Red movies! Yeah. Those yeah. are the movies that we that where it's a normal lady who gets caught up in, like, a spy... In spy stuff. Yeah. Those movies. I would recommend the Red movies, Red 1 and Red 2, to anybody. They those are... are those are pretty fantastic. Those are wonderful movies. <laughs> Those are a lot of fun, I too. I love them. And Yes, I, I I, think I enjoyed Night and Day a lot more than you enjoyed Very Bad Things. Yes, I would agree with that. I, I was not traumatized by Night and Day. I, I, I sort of apologize for all of the mean things I said about every... What is it called? Very Bad Things. Uh-huh. But I also 100,000% stand by them. <laughs> it was... I did not like seeing the security guard getting murdered. It was very upsetting. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of your horror movies, and I just feel like it was it was mean to the security guard. <laughs> She's got more empathy for the security guard than for uh, any of the camp counselors in Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really do. <laughs> Those <poor> <laughs> They should know that when they go to a camp in the woods. <laughs> they know what they're taking their lives in. <laughs> and with that, this has been the second episode yes. of the podcast in the woods. Thank you for listening. I am Sam. And I'm Josh. And we'll be back again next week with two more movies. I don't know who will pick what, but <laughs> we will uh, we, we will have something. <laughs> we will have something for you. And it thanks will, for listening. And, and we, we will see if Sam survives that week. I will. <laughs> <laughs> At what cost, you guys? <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks. Bye.